You're listening to Bloomberg Law with June Grosso from Bloomberg Radio. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn has escalated the already intense legal battle over his guilty plea with an emergency petition to the D.C. Federal Court of Appeals. Flynn is asking the appeals court to drop the charges against him and take the case away from federal judge Emmett Sullivan. It's another twist in a case that stunned the legal world when the Justice Department decided to drop the charges against Flynn after he'd pleaded guilty twice. Attorney General William Barr explained the major reversal in a CBS News interview. And I want to make sure uh, that we restore confidence in the system. There's only one standard of justice. Uh, and I believe uh, that this case, that justice in this case, requires dismissing the charges against General Flynn. Joining me is Harold Krent, a professor at the Chicago Kent College of Law. Michael Flynn is asking the appeals court to take the case away from the district court judge in the middle of a proceeding. Is this unprecedented or just unusual? It's extremely unusual. We have a mechanism called a mandamus, which is designed in this context at the appellate court to restrict the jurisdiction of the lower court because the theory is that the lower court is acting outside of its jurisdiction. That is, that the district court has failed to dismiss the case as Attorney General Barr and the Justice Department had sought. But mandamus is only to be afforded in very limited context when there's an indisputable right. And at stake here is a rule of criminal procedure which states that the district court has some minimal discretion to determine whether to dismiss a case when a prosecutor so requests. So the court hasn't made that determination yet. So in my view, it's a premature mandamus petition. Flynn's team has to wait until the court can make this very narrow decision under criminal rule of procedure 48A about whether he should grant the Justice Department request to dismiss the case. But the case is even more bizarre than that because there's also a potential criminal contempt charge at stake here. Even aside from whether Flynn lied to the FBI, there's a whole other question about whether Flynn lied to the court and therefore his actions in front of Judge Sullivan constituted a criminal contempt of court. And there should be no power in the Court of Appeals to take that issue away from Judge Sullivan. So looking at it from a broad perspective, even if you could say that the judge should have given up jurisdiction and granted the Department of Justice request to dismiss the case against Flynn for lying to the FBI, criminal contempt, very different issue. That's in the hands of the court, not in the hands of the Justice Department. So let's go back a little bit and examine these different pieces. Now, Flynn's lawyer said Judge Sullivan had exceeded his authority. I take it you don't think that that's the case. I think that's potentially the case. We don't know what Judge Sullivan is doing. He is simply considering now whether he should retain jurisdiction over the line to the FBI charge and the actual plea of guilt that Flynn entered. If he does decide to try to prosecute that despite what the Justice Department said, I happen to agree with the Justice Department that that would exceed his jurisdiction. In this case, I don't believe that Judge Sullivan has any ability to prosecute Flynn on his own. That's a centralized law enforcement judgment, for better or worse, made by our chief prosecutor, who in this case is William Barr of the Justice Department. He can be wrong. He can try to dismiss a case for political reasons, but under our system of government, that's his call to make. But that's not the question that might rest at the criminal contempt charge. If the judge finds that 
Quinn wasted the court's authority by lying to the court several times, by not explaining why he is now taking back his plea agreement, that might well constitute a separate crime of criminal contempt of court. And we have a long tradition that the court is in charge of prosecuting that issue, not the Justice Department. What's your take on the central issue here? Michael Flynn pleading guilty and then trying to take it back. Certainly individuals have walked back pleas before. The question is why? Has there been a new fact that has arisen? Has there been some change in the law? And so there are good reasons for why someone can walk back a plea. In this case, there really no good reason to our knowledge has surfaced. He has walked back the plea because he thinks that with a favorable Justice Department friend, he will not be prosecuted. And so obviously the court is concerned that even if he not be prosecuted for lying to the FBI, he lied to the court. He lied to the court under oath twice and therefore interfered with the sound administration of justice. Judge Sullivan has appointed a former federal judge and federal prosecutor, John Gleason, to argue against Flynn's motion and also to weigh in what you were just discussing, which is whether Flynn should be held in criminal contempt for perjury. This is not unprecedented, is it, for a judge to appoint a special prosecutor to look into a case? So when there's no party willing to or able to represent one side of a controversy, courts and the Supreme Court of the United States, as well as lower courts, will appoint someone to make sure both sides of an argument are heard. This happens a lot when, for instance, the executive branch may decide not to defend the constitutionality of a statute, so a court will appoint someone to argue that the statute is constitutional despite what the executive branch says. So here, viewed um, in the most favorably possible, the court has said, look, I have a responsibility under Rule 48A to determine whether to accept the request from the Justice Department. What are the arguments pro? What are the arguments con? I need to appoint someone to make sure that I hear the arguments on both sides. So that is not unprecedented at all. And to the extent that Judge Gleason is just giving arguments about whether or not the court should dismiss the case, I think it's entirely appropriate. Now, what about the argument from the Justice Department that even if Flynn lied, his lies were not material to any investigation? Is there any Uh, case to compare that to, that the Justice Department going back three years into an investigation and then just reversing course completely? Whether or not the legal argument is sound, that that the lie has to be material, it is certainly bizarre, to say the least, that a (laughs) <laughs> the Department of Justice would come up with a legal theory so long after the fact. Indeed, it's their own career prosecutors, which continued the case you know, after the Mueller investigation to make sure that there was justice done. So there may be a close case about whether the lie was material. Uh, I, I happen to think that it probably was. But even aside from the fact, there was plenty of time to for Flynn's lawyers to raise that claim. Flynn's lawyers had every incentive to raise that claim. They decided not to and decided to plead because he so clearly lied. Um, So it's really extraordinary now for the Department of Justice to use that legal theory as an excuse to try to unravel the deal and let Flynn walk home unblemished. In an interview with CBS News, Attorney General Barr said he wants to restore confidence in the system with his actions in the Flynn case. 
does it seem as if he's doing just the opposite? You know, of course, if you are a friend of the president and if you're a friend of General Flynn, then unraveling this case is instilling more faith in the administration. Uh, but if you believe in an independent judiciary, the actions of Barr are deeply unsettling. Um, and the emergency mandamus petition is also unsettling because, again, at a minimum, there should be an independent assessment of whether Flynn committed a contempt on the court by his lying, by his failure to explain why he was lying, and then um, not really taking, get, taking responsibility for lying under oath. This echoes what happened in the Roger Stone case when four prosecutors pulled out of the case when the Justice Department did a complete reversal there as well. How does this affect career prosecutors at the Justice Department who see their work being questioned and undone time and time again? There's no question that there's been a politicization of the Justice Department. There always has to be some politics involved, but there's a demoralization of many attorneys who have basically given their careers to serving the government, and there have been many people who have left the government in the last couple of years. Obviously, there are some on the Trump administration who probably would herald that fact and said we need new blood, people taking positions who are more in tune with the administration. But I think there is something in my mind, since I did serve in the Justice Department, that's very important about the idea of, a, of having career employees there who dominate, who don't make every decision, but make many decisions that you can therefore trust those career lawyers, whether they're working for Democrats or Republicans, to try to salvage justice. Thanks for being on Bloomberg Law, Hal. That's Harold Krent, a professor at the Chicago-Kent College of Law. And a note, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals has ordered Judge Sullivan to respond to Flynn's motion to have the case thrown out within 10 days. I'm June Grosso, and this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.